Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 170. It's 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest coming to us from down under, Rich Fowler. Rich, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Buckled up and ready to roll. All right. Rich Fowler operates the website motorsportretro.com. It's a celebration of motorsport from the 1950s to the recent past. His content entertains and informs with a unique collection of stories, videos, and images covering Formula One to motocross. Rich lives in Sydney, Australia, and has been a motor racing fan for pretty much forever. He races in vintage motocross and enjoys track days in his Porsche 911 and enjoys vintage racing events. And he spends his spare time in the garage like most of us gearheads. Rich and his talented team provide his followers with a rich assortment of motorsport retro on a daily basis. And I'm proud to say that I'm a follower and I love seeing the things that you guys come up with at motorsportretro.com. So Rich, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles? Thanks, Mark. Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be on Cars Year and have a chance to tell my tell my story and uh, the story of motorsport retro. So, thanks for having me. You're welcome. My passion for all things automotive uh, comes from my father, Ray. He he was a a gearhead or a petrol head, as we call them here in Australia. And he, uh, early in his life, had an MGTF, and that sort of was the, the thing that sparked his interest, and that sort of passed on to, to myself and my brother. And when we were about five years old, uh, Dad bought us a, a Honda QA50, and from that day on, I was, I was hooked. Anything with a motor and wheels, I, was, I just fell in love with. I, I loved the noise. I liked twisting the throttle. I liked the feel of the grip. Uh, I liked you know, wheelies and jumps and going sideways and <laughs> things I still enjoy today. Yeah. From then on, I was like every other kid, I guess, consuming lots of car magazines and motorcycle magazines, many of them, of course, from the States because a lot of the, you know, the, the heroes, particularly of motocross in the day, were uh, American riders um, with their cool outfits and 
great helmet designs and all that type of thing. Sure. And from there, I did the usual thing. Went to went to school, and um, I rode motorcycles till I was about seventeen, and finished school, and then discovered beers and beers and girls, <laughs> and got a bit sidetracked. Yes. And then uh, found myself um, working for Autosport magazine in the UK. Um, was my first sort of true automotive media gig. And when I was uh, over there, I got to go to a couple of F1 races and go to Le Mans, and that really uh, inspired me and got got me passionate about about racing and then came, came back to Australia, uh, got another job for a, a magazine called Auto Action and then quit that to, to um, go Formula Ford racing. Did a couple of years of uh, Formula Ford racing here in Australia against some, some guys that have gone on to be household names like uh, Mark Webber, who's obviously uh, the current Porsche Le Mans pilot, uh, yeah. Marcus, Marcus Ambrose, who's been in NASCAR for nine seasons, is now coming back to Australia. And a whole lot of the V8 supercar guys, we came out of uh, the 94, 95, 96 Formula Ford over here in Australia, and it was a crop of young, pretty good young guys. But um, as for me, I ran out of uh, sort of talent and, and money and ended up off in the, uh, the advertising business. Oh. I was lucky to find myself um, in an ad agency and work my way up from the bottom of an, an ad agency, and it happened that this agency uh, was what we call a full service agency and I had a digital department before sort of anyone else had digital departments and I um, found myself in the right place at the right time working on the Dell computer business and we did the first ever paid banner ad uh, in Australia for Dell. Oh, wow. Suddenly I was uh, a digital specialist before digital specialists existed (laughs) and um, found myself lucky enough to be sort of running and being a a senior guy in a lot of the um, what we call pure play digital agencies. That, that sort of sprang up around the early 2000s in Australia. Uh, did that for a couple of years and got to do some fun stuff on some big brands like Virgin and uh, Hyundai and Honda and Free Mobile, which is like a Vodafone acquired those guys, mm-hmm. and ended up sort of being the go-to guy to set up digital agencies within big agency structures. So sort of, you know, big big agencies like uh, Publicis and, and whatnot that didn't have any digital skills, they would hire me and I'd come in and set up a team of uh, designers and developers and project managers and technical guys to sort of manage the, the big campaigns uh, within big agency structures. But after doing that for sort of being on the bleeding edge of that for 10 or 12 years, I was a bit burnt out and we'd had a couple of kids. So I decided, uh, what can I do? What are the things that I like? I love, I love motorsport and I like the internet and I like advertising. And I sort of thought there was a bit of a, a, bit of a hole in the market around the, sort of this vintage and entertainment end, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, certainly with not being much video around and all the sort of titles like classic and sports car and motorsport and vintage motorsport out of the US were all print-based. Right. So I thought there was an opportunity to do something that was, first of all, daily and that's how the seed for Motorsport Retro was sown. Well, very cool. And that's why I love having someone like you on Cars, yeah, because what I'm creating here is conversations with entrepreneurs that have wrapped their passion for cars into their careers and their lives, and that's exactly what you've done. And as I said at the beginning, I really love it when you guys post all the things you do because you just, oh, that is so cool to watch and so much fun. And on your Facebook page, I'm always always sharing a lot of the images that you put up there. So I appreciate you helping make my job a little bit easier here at Cars. Yeah. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. 
So I know you love to do this. Take the wheel, Rich. Well, I think my um, I've probably got a couple of quotes, Mark, that I like to Great. remind myself of. But um, probably the most memorable one that I sort of live by and think about is it's 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. <laughs> yes, yes. And how has that quote incorporated itself into your life at Motorsport Retro? Well, I think... You know, particularly it's easy, and particularly with the, the, the world we live in, being, being open to so many ideas and so many things, there's, there's, there are so many things you can do and so many avenues. I think it's about finding an idea and, and locking onto it, and the rest of it's, you know, hard, hard work trying to, to, make it, to make it roll, you know, to be, be persistent with it, to stick at it, to, to keep trying to build it and, and to keep reinventing your business and finding ways to, to make it succeed. And I think that's a... Um, always a good quote because I've always said, you know, you get surrounded by people and have a few beers and got lots of ideas. Oh, here's a great idea for business and here's a great idea. And I always say, well, you know, the, the ideas, the easy bits, it's the doing it, that's the hard stuff. So I think that's uh, that's one thing that I kind of live by. Yes, yes. I love it. That's a great quote, especially for us entrepreneurs because as we talked about in our pre-show chat, there's a lot of time spent to develop these concepts and ideas and put them together and and when you're operating as a small company, or in my case, a one-man band here, I turn around and look in the mirror some days and ask if the IT department is in, and I look at myself and say, yeah, they're here, but they're not that talented. <laughs> I yes. understand. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to hear about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. Well, I think it was... Um I said I was lucky enough to work for Haymarket and on the autosport business in 1993, and that was the first time I'd I'd been to Europe. I'd obviously been to lots of motor races in Australia, but hadn't seen any F1. And we arrived at Silverstone in a in a rental car, and I remember uh, getting out of the car and just hearing this this scream of of engines, and you know running over to the fence, and I think it was at that sort of Cops Beckett's section. Yes, and seeing these F1 cars. Um, and hearing the noise and the way they were shaking the ground, that was probably the moment that I knew I was a racer and wanted to be a, a racer. I think I'd always sort of been, been a car guy and loved cars and looking at cars, but that's when I felt that I really wanted to drive them myself and, and have a go at getting behind the wheel and trying to push them as fast as they could go, and, and really that, that set me off on the, on the racing part for sure. There's nothing like that sound, the first F1 race that I went to. I've never been fortunate enough to attend one in Europe, but I was at Indianapolis when they were racing here, back when the engine sounded good compared to the way they sound now. And boy, the first time those Ferraris went down the straightaway there, oh gosh, just shakes you down to your bones. Just incredible, incredible sounds. It's great. So, Rich, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood here and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you've faced in your career. But the most important part of this question is, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? Well, it's interesting that you asked me this, Mark, because I'd, I'd say uh, probably right now uh, I'm experiencing probably the biggest, the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, right where I'm at now with, with Motorsport Retro is, uh, is a challenge. It's a challenge around uh, you know, how, to, how to monetize this business and grow it into a uh, a serious, sustainable business that can that can grow. So right now um, is probably the biggest challenge that I've that I've had. So I can't share too much with you about uh, how I've overcome it and what I've learned, but I, I can share you with you some of the the challenges of the business. Okay. I think the biggest 
challenges of when I set the site up, I always wanted to have a an international uh, viewpoint, and that's why it was a, a .com and not a .com.au. And obviously, this you know Australia is a very small market, full stop. So I knew that the the potential for this site was going to be global, particularly you know the US and and the UK and they as the, those markets are our two biggest markets in terms of audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the challenge has been how do you monetize those those markets from from Australia? Uh, so Australia is only about twelve percent of our total audience, and monetizing that is not is not too bad. We have some good clients in this market, and of course we can geo target our ads, which of course you won't see. So we have some good supporters here in Shannon's Insurance and Lotus Cars and in Penrite Oils. Mm-hmm. Um, but from an international point of view, it's really hard to. Um, to convert those those ad dollars when you're not when you're not face to face, yes, and you know jump, jumping on airplanes and flying 15 hours to have have a meeting over a, you know what, what what for them is a relatively niche site, you know you know a, a small part of their budget is is a challenge. So that's where um, that's where I'm at at the moment. So I'm trying to find some publishers globally who might look to um, either acquire a stake in Motorsport Retro or be partners with Motorsport Retro who have already got advertising departments um, and relationships that can help monetize those parts of the site. So that's that's sort of my big challenge at the at the moment. Well, I understand that challenge with Carja being such a new company here, only six, seven months old. I'm a bit in the same boat looking for sponsors, people to jump on board. And this podcast concept is growing rapidly, but still is kind of new. So when I talk to some people, they say, what's a podcast? <laughs> And honestly, a year ago, I didn't know what a podcast was because I didn't listen to them. Now I do, so uh, I understand where you're at and wish you the best success. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum, and I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment with your business, a time when you realized, I think this might work, this might really make it, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Yes, I think... um for Motorsport Retro, one of the things that we do well is, uh, you know, we're, we're curators, you know, um, so we, we find good content that might exist in other places and, you know, we, we sort of provide a filter for our readers so they know what style of things that we, we have on there. I mean, we're really just a retrospective of, um, of, of previous events. We, we like to take a current event and give it a retrospective eye, so whether it's Le Mans or the next Formula One race and we'll have a look back. But um, probably the aha moment was really understanding that there, there is a value in that filter and, and in, that, in that curation, and being able to you know run a low cost publishing model. Yes. So you know being able to run a, a blog platform. Suddenly we're at a time in in history when you can compete with big brands and established brands and media companies and really build a brand on on the sniff of an oily rag. <laughs> um, I love that so, saying. Yeah, I mean that's I guess that was the kind of aha moment and. And and do things differently without any of the um, you know the challenges that the traditional media companies have. So you know with the, with the print guys, they've got huge costs and got huge distribution costs and expensive content costs, and they don't want to give that away on the internet. You know, but for us, we can we can find a great a great video, write a couple of words around it, and you know that's a piece of content that attracts an audience. We also obviously do produce our own original content. Which we pay for, and we have we employ top journalists to do that to give us that credibility. But there's also huge value in the in the filter. So I'd say that you know that that combination of technology and filter in that niche and and consistency, I think that's another you know really important part. I mean, we we have published every day since we started. We publish up to three or four times a day. Um, but you know, no matter what, you come back to our site every day. There's something new. So I think there's 
there's a few little lessons there that all go together. Oh, fantastic. I love that. How about proudest moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in your business or your career that really stands out? Oh, look, I hope I hope the proudest ones in the future, Mark. I hope um, I can talk to you shortly, and there'll be uh, an announcement where we're we're part of a bigger media group, and most what Retro will live on as a as a new brand into the future. But up until this point, there's probably been um, a couple. We um, last September we broke five hundred thousand unique visitors in a month. Wow, that was a that was a big a big moment. Yes, we've been shared on a lot of what I call you know sort of traditional websites like a uh, road and track produce and link um, a lot of a lot of our content and took a lot of our content for a while. That was a big moment having, you know, I think my dad had been subscribing to Road and Track since the 50s and was arriving in their mailbox here in Australia and for my for my content to be on there and be, be linked on on a title like that was a was a big hit. Yes. Um, we get invited by the FIA to go to, to go to Grand Prix and they like the fact that we cover F1 from more of a retrospective romantic angle rather than the newshound stuff. So that was a nice moment. So they're probably the the couple of things that, that stand out. Fantastic. That's oh, wonderful. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory that you had with that vehicle with me. A road car or a race car? Uh, whichever one you want to choose. Could be a motorcycle. <laughs> I think probably the, first, or the really special car I had was my my first race car, which was a, a British-made uh, car called a, a Swift, and it was a 1992 model. And to have a your own your own racing car, I was 21 21 years old uh, that I bought with my own with my own my own money and had in our own garage and was you know working on it and looking at the way it was made and taking it to the racetrack. That was that will always probably be the 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 special moment. And I think. One of the things I remember most is rocking up to the to the track for our first ever race, and I didn't even literally know how to put the harness on, um, <laughs> you know, with a couple of friends and my dad, and you know, wheeling it off the trailer and on an open trailer at, at Eastern Creek, and then um, trying to go through turn one flat at Eastern Creek um, because that's what the guys in front were all talking about that they were doing, and sort of spinning off at two hundred and forty kilometers an hour. That was that was kind of one of my first memories of that car. Oh gosh, so, uh, I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, I'll never forget that weekend. I'll bet. I'll bet. So a Swift. I'm familiar with those cars. What year would that vehicle have been? That was a 92 model. There's a couple of Swifts as well. I think there's an American automotive, uh, you know, race car manufacturer called Swift, but this is a British-made a British made okay. car. Okay, yes. Uh, I think they're, uh, they're no longer in business, and I think they made cars from, you know, the late 80s, maybe 87 to about 95, and that was that was it. But the 92 Swift was as good as the the sort of Van Diemen's of the day. It was a pretty pretty nicely sorted car. Ah, must have been fantastic to drive. How fun. Is there a vehicle that you've sold that you really wish you could have back in your garage? Oh, there's there's lots there's lots <laughs> lots. Sorry to bring that up. <laughs> um look from a, our family's been pretty um where you know we don't we've been pretty as I say we're sort of pr- pragmatic and we've always kind of bought or sold a, a new car for a you know for for another bike or a you know, traded traded things in and changed changed things over and kept things pretty fun and haven't sort of hung on to too much. We've never had more than sort of one or two cars in the fleet, if you like. So we're always good at you know not being too emotional with them. But um, I do have the I did have a 1976 VW Golf, um, which I built with my with my dad, and we had that pretty hotted up. We had a 1.8 liter engine in it and some big wheels and a really nice paint job and 
because I built it with my dad and it wasn't long after my, my mother had sadly passed away. So it was a bit of a project I did with my dad and I think uh, the sentimentality of having done that with my, with my dad meant that, that that's a car that was always special. And it was one of those things. I was married and kids along the way and had this old VW Golf sitting out in the driveway which I hardly ever drove and um, decided to get to get rid of it and I uh, probably regret that. Yeah, well, sounds like a great fun car. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that has you really excited and fired up? Uh, well, from a business point of view, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm talking to a few publishers around the globe at the moment around this motorsport retro deal that I'm that I'm talking about. So that's um that's got me excited. If I can if I can find the right partner that can can move move things forward with that keeps me excited. From a from a personal point of view, um, I like to build bikes in my in my garage. I've got a garage here at uh, at home. And um, I tend to, to build bikes for, for mates, mainly motocross bikes, but some road bikes. And we recently had a go at sort of building a, a custom bike, turning a Suzuki DR650 into a sort of street tracker look uh, road bike. And that's um, almost, well, that's pretty much finished, but we're just doing the fun stuff now, sort of relocating the pipe and, you know, messing around with grips and some of the the, the minor things. And it's a beast to ride, and that's... Uh, that's keeping me pretty excited. How bad. Sounds awesome. You have to send me some pictures of that. Sounds great. I will. Now, here's a fun question for you, Rich. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Whew. This is a tr- tr- tricky one, Mark. Yes, it is. You know, I like the question because it helps me understand how you perceive yourself in, an, in a very honest manner. Hmm. <laughs> I, I would say I'm an Audi, an Audi RS4 wagon. Oh, and why is that? Because I'm um, I'm faster than I look. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not I'm not too flashy. I'm um, I'm the sort of guy I like I like to be a little bit behind the scenes, and I don't like to make too big a too big a show. I like to, you know, the, the old thing of you know doing your, you know, you're talking on the track or um, if it's publishing. You know, we're we're pretty low key about our we don't we don't skate or show off too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm practical, I and mean, you, you know yourself running a running a small biz. You've got to do um, lots of lots of parts of it. You've got to be a jack of all trades and wear wear lots of hats. So I think the RS4 does that, and you know it's versatile. And you know, only people that know about it know about it. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, it's so, kind of a stealthy, quiet car, but they are very cool. I love those cars. Yeah, so I think that's that's probably me in a car. Awesome. Well, Rich, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. All right, Rich, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And you're a racer, you know what that means. The white flag is out, time to put your foot down and go for it. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, again, Mark, it probably relates to, to racing, but I think it's true of, of business as well. And it's, you know, it's around races being one in the, in the workshop and being, being 100% prepared. So when you, when you get to the track, all you've got to do is focus on the job rather than 
worrying about doing up wheels or tires or fixing things or messing around. You just want to have it all done before you turn up. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I had a guest on the show. He runs Skip Barber Racing School now, Michael Culver, but he worked for, he had a financial business and one of the companies they bought was Bombardier, airplane manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. And he said that the president of that company said the real money is made on the production floor where the planes are actually built. So I think it has a lot of resonance to that description you just shared with me. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Um, I think, I don't know if it's a habit, but certainly connecting people and, and introducing people for, you know, for no, for no gain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you know that there's somebody that, you know, should, should meet or has a business that could benefit from talking to somebody, that's something that I, I really like to do and, um, you know, if you go, but 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 going into it with just an open an open attitude, with no, no, yeah, not, I'm not looking for anything thing out of. It. I think that's one of the things that I that I do, and that I think that the karma always comes back to you when you when you connect people and 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 put people together and do do favors. Absolutely, and what you're doing for me today by being a guest on my show is exactly that. So I'm very appreciative. Thank you. Thanks. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners, other than your website, of course, because it's a fantastic resource, but a website, maybe a supplier, a person, or an app that, or even a blog that you're really fond of. Oh, look, there's probably a few. Obviously, we um, we consume lots of media here, and again, we kind of like to support our our community. I mean, the sites that I personally enjoy are the the Goodwood Road and Racing Club website. Uh, I like Sports Car Digest. I like uh, Racer.com. I like um, Petrolicious. Yes, uh, yeah, they're the sites that that I, I like to consume. Uh, so if anyone wants to check those out, they're all, they're all worth a look for sure. Absolutely. And the, uh, the producers at Petrolicious have been on Cars Yeah, wonderful guests and a great site. I love their videos. It's really fun to look at the video production they do with the owners and their cars. Fantastic. Rich, would you share a book with our listeners that you've read that you really think they should crack open and set an eye to? Yeah, look, I, I like to read lots of books, actually. Um, one that's non-automotive, but um, I read recently that stood out was um, by a guy called Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, yes. Yeah, a book called Outliers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I looked at the story of success from very different angles, and uh, I thought it was a really interesting interesting read, so I recommend that. Any of Malcolm Gladwell books, um, I'd recommend to your listeners. Oh, he's fantastic. I love him as a writer, and they really link back to us entrepreneurs and business people and, and what we're trying to do with our lives. Fantastic reference there. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these resources that Rich has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Rich Fowler. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Other than the motorcycles, probably I've, I've just got, got into boating a little bit, Mark. Oh, fun. I live uh, not far from Bondi Beach, and on the other side of Bondi Beach, um, so one side is the beach side, if you like, and the other side of the harbour is the, the harbour side, a place called Rose Bay. And so I've, I've recently pu- purchased what we call here in Australia a tinny, which is a, a small aluminium boat about uh, what's that, oh, 12, 15 feet long, so 3.7 mm-hmm. metres, pretty short, mm-hmm. with, a big, with a big outboard on the back. And I've got a couple of young kids, so um, I've had fun uh, burning around the harbour and doing a little bit of fishing and uh, Exploring, exploring Sydney from a different viewpoint recently in that. So that's my uh, that's what I'm into at the moment. Summer in Sydney. Yes, fantastic. Love it. Yeah, we live here in Gig Harbour, and 
It's a wonderful harbor for boating. And of course, the Puget Sound area is absolutely fantastic. I don't have a boat, but I do have a friend with a boat and he's gracious to take us out from time to time. It's great fun. So Rich, this last question can be a real doozy. We're up to the checkered flag. And if you could only have one collector car in your garage, and money's no object, today I'm going to ship off down there to Australia whatever car you'd like. What would that vehicle be and why? Oh, it's such such a tricky one again. Yeah. I don't know if it's a race car or a road car, but um, if it was a road car, I think it'd be hard to go past the original McLaren F1. Ooh, yes. Yes. What is um, it about that car that just tugs on your heart? I like its purity of design. I like that it's built by a, you know, a genuine Formula One race team and that it you know, has a lot of crossover of components and early technology and similar technology of, of that era. I like that it's now already a classic. It's 20, 20 years old already. It was built in 99, first one built in 1994. I like that it's a little bit like a single-seater with its central driving position. And I like, uh, I like that it's, you know, starting, I think you get invited to just about any, any car show. So, and I think it has some still air of practicality. I think you could, uh, you know, you could drive it around the road and you could take it to the track. Um, and I think that's, you know, like a lot of Porsches are great for that, you know, to be able to drive into a racetrack, drive like you stole it and, and still have it reliably come home, I think <laughs> is, uh, is, is, a, is a nice feature. And yeah, I just, all, all the detail that McLaren put into all their, their products, um, to have that in, in a road car and have that in a garage, I think would uh, be my choice. Well, it's a wonderful choice. I've had several guests on Cars Yeah that selected that car and uh, they're just fantastic. Great choice. Well, Rich, you've taken me on a great ride today and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Would you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that McLaren F1? Oh, just I'd just say enjoy yourself, have fun, um, get out there and enjoy your cars. And if you're looking for a, a daily dose of uh, entertainment, visit us at motorsportretro.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash motorsportretro. Absolutely. I've visited your site many times and I'll make sure that all those links are up on the Cars Yow website at Rich Fowler. Thank you again for being a part of this show. It's been so much fun. I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.